This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Uh, with uh, her uh, sous Well, yeah, I was going to say undergardener, but I like sous chef better. I know, you know? it just brings those it, images of... It the, does. Yes. I've got that little white hat on and <laughs> everything. And David Gaskin is our producer. That's the first, first voice you're going to hear when you call these numbers, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And Charlie, let me get that mantra in, okay? Absolutely. Every, every show there's one person who sneaks a second question in. So no. the mantra for the show is call early, call often, one question per call. See, it all kind of flows, doesn't it? I know, it's a good yeah. mantra. Well, yes. I made that up in my sleep one night. <laughs> did you really? I did, really, yes. Okay. <laughs> Exciting times over there <laughs> at the right. household. We won't talk about that. <laughs> so any snow at your house? Uh, no. No. A little uh, dusting. You know, it was amazing. Uh, Buffalo got buried, of course, a couple of days ago, two and a half feet oh my of snow. And like uh, we live in St. Catharines, so like 20 miles away. Clear <laughs> nothing, as anything. Nothing. No snow. Wow. As yet, no. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing yeah. Okay, yeah. And toes. Shutting my mouth. Because yeah. when I go home, it'll dump on us. But. Well, yeah. So there's a little dusting where I am. Yeah, I'm yeah. north of the 401, mm-hmm. north of Highway 7. Uh, and yeah, crispy. It is a little a little on the crispy side this morning, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I actually uh, took out the compost bucket yesterday, and one of the things I do when I take out the compost bucket, I mean, my bucket mm-hmm. that I take out has coffee grinds and eggshells. You egg live shells. an exciting life. I do. So while I was taking it out, I usually <laughs> use the hose outside to fill yeah. it up with water. Uh-oh. Well, of course, I turned on the hose, and nothing came out. It's like, okay, so I started shaking the hose, <laughs> and sure enough, these like long snakes of ice came out of my hose. It's definitely time, if you haven't, turned off your outside <laughs> <Yeah>. water. <laughs> right. My one little tip for today is get your water turned off and you know how to do it. Turn it off inside yeah. and turn turn it on outside to avoid any broken pipes because it's not only cold today but getting colder. Did we mention this was the garden show? Well, that's yeah. part of. And so we're looking for your calls and you always have announcements for us. I, I always uh, enjoy these because you you get the hort societies involved. Well, I do. <laughs> See, I feel like a gardener now, a hort society. I listen to you, yes. horticultural society. Yes. Uh, yes. For those of you that are interested and don't know about what's going on in your community or don't know if you even have a horticultural society, remember the, uh, all the societies across Ontario are updated on a website, which is very easy. It's just Garden Ontario. Mm-hmm. So one word, gardenontario.org. Go to that website. Uh, all the communities are alphabetized. Punch in the name of wherever you live. And if there is a Hort Society, it will come up with the information, contact information, where and when they meet, et cetera, et cetera. So if you're interested in joining and don't know, you know, anything about it, that's a very good good idea. The other um, 
just interesting update. Of course, you know, I live in Richmond Hill and I'm a member of the Richmond Hill Garden and Horticultural Society. Well, this coming Tuesday is the Holiday Celebration and Awards Night. It's an annual event. Wow. It's held at the Richmond Hill Country Club. It's very swank. Whoa, yes. Uh, yes, it's a lovely, lovely dinner. And last year when I went, silent auction items for as far as the eye could see. I mean, we're talking hundreds of items to raise money, obviously. Well, this is open to the public then, right? No, okay. it's very exclusive. <laughs> oh, Only really? the horticultural members oh, and, well. of course, their friends oh, well. and spouses, etc. But it's easy to join. It's very easy to join, and it's well worth joining because they are one fun bunch. So I would just like to recommend to anybody who would like to get involved with the Richmond Hill Horti- Garden and Horticultural Society, again, check them out at gardenorontario.org, uh, keeping in mind that the banquet is this Tuesday, and I'm sure that if you just talk to and, the right and like people, when you, when you enter you the room, do they, all, do they all bow and scrape and stuff like that? Not quite, but no. there's <laughs> often a carpet I often trip over. Oh, yes, I'm sure. <laughs> In my stiletto heels (laughs) that I'm not used to wearing. (laughs) Um, All right. Now, you can, if you can't get through on the phone lines, remember, you can email. So um, my email address, first initial C, last name Dobbin. So C-D-O-B-B-I-N at am740.ca. And don't remember, don't remember, don't forget (laughs) as well. This I think is so neat that um, we're actually on Rogers Cable. So anywhere where there's Rogers, if you flip to station on your TV, station 949, the radio comes streaming in. Loud and clear. clear. That's a a great thing because before this happened, a lot of people would have trouble receiving AM signals in Mm. buildings for whatever reason, you know, girders or Or Hydro, Just, yeah, whatever or, the yeah, case. Yeah. But now it's crystal clear. For and not to mention, you don't need to have a radio in every room of the house yeah. in order to you know, get your chores done and listen to the radio at the same time. Just crank on a couple of TVs and you're good to go. Oh, well. All right. Now, I do want to mention one other thing. Yeah. As you know, we often talk about Sierra Sill. Yep. Uh, Sierra Sill is, of course, a wonderful natural mineral complex that has been clinically proven to reduce inflammation. Well, in honor of the Christmas holidays and the Christmas season, Sierra Sill wants to remind everybody that they make a great c- Christmas gift. And it's so easy. You just phone them up. You can order uh, over the phone this yeah, gift yeah. and have it sent at no cost to your recipient. Uh, so free mailing anywhere in Canada. Now, um, for the first seven callers in honor of AM740, after 10.30 this morning, they w- the Sierra Sill people will also attach a personalized Christmas gift tag to anybody who wants to order this as a gift. Of course, you can order it for yourself, but you could order it for somebody else. So remember, that's a very simple number. It's one eight seven seven joint 14 doesn't mean you can't call now, but if you want to order something after 1030, personalized Christmas gift tags for the first seven callers. Okay, I got I to tell a little Sierra Sill story. Okay. My apartment building, I, I do the laundry in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So I'm down there in the laundry room, and a lovely little lady resident comes down to me. She says, Frank, what is the name of that product that you and Charlie talk about? And so I had to spell it for her. And we neither one of us had a pen, so she exited the room going, S-I-E-R-R. <laughs> so it's a Sierra Sill, and she's. Uh, I, I hope she got it through to them. Okay. And it, as Frank said, it's just... it's. Not oh, the, that complicated. No. It is the same as the mountains, the Sierra yeah. Mountains. And they so, offer great customer service. Yeah, so S I E R R A 
S-I-L dot C-A if you want to go to the website. Well done. You're a professional pronouncer. You thank really you. are. Thank yes. you. So pronouncer. Okay. As opposed to announcer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Phone numbers one more time. 416-360-0740 or out of town anywhere in the province. 1-866-740-4740. Back in a word. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden at 916 uh, on a Saturday morning. It's a little crisp as we uh, get out. Well, there's a spot in Toronto where the residence is uh, 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 <laughs> Jeanette. Yes, Jeanette, you're at that residence in Toronto. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. I have a spider plant. Mm-hmm. It's got about at least nine little spider plants. Oh, yeah. What can I do with them? How do I... Well, have you got it hanging up in a hanging basket, or is it... Yeah, sitting... it's hanging up in a hanging basket. And you're getting tired of looking at all those babies? Because there's no question, you can grow, you know, 12 or 20 more plants if you wish. Or yeah, you can just how, how do them. I do it? Do I cut them off and then put them in water or put them in soil or what? You, you don't even need to put them in water. Just by having them hang there, often little roots will start to protrude from the base of the plant. But yes, you'll need to cut them off. So they're on a long, almost white ivory-colored stem, so you'll remove the stem entirely. Just keep the little tiny spider plant. And um, what I do is I get a a small pot with some fresh potting soil in it, moisten the potting soil, and then just take that little baby spider plant and just gently um, push it down into the soil, down maybe a quarter to a half an inch into the soil, Uh firm the soil around the base of the little spider plant, and then just leave it alone. It will grow. Roots will grow, and it will just happily grow in its little pot. Yeah, what I want to do, I just call, just a small small amount of the little spider, because some of them got nine inches tall, 12 inches long. Lovely. Well, I mean, they make a great Christmas present. So, I mean, if you've got a list of people who are due for Christmas presents, think you can just pot up all these little tiny plants, and so there you... Put them into soil, not into water. You don't need to waste your time with water at all. Actually, they're more likely to rot if you try and suspend them in water than so if you I go directly into moist down into soil. soil or the little plant bag just just slightly um pushed into the soil quarter inch half an inch at the most yeah okay yeah you don't leave any stalk on it no cut that whole stem away that off that almost white stem i grow a lot smaller then <laughs> lovely good luck with that thank yeah. you jeanette uh, call from toronto and i know uh, we send greetings to uh, large areas because you know as you know am 740 has probably one of the largest broadcast footprints in radio in the world in the world yeah, yeah really that's true. It's true. 28 states in the states without internet and most i think we're just a, a tad about five inches short of uh, thunder bay if oh, i'm not mistaken yeah. depending Some, yeah. on the weather i yeah. think too right there, yeah. there's that clear nights but boy oh boy we we just boom everywhere and so uh, in any case our phone numbers to reach us here in our studios in toronto 416-360-0740 and i mentioned the distant places because a lot of folks like to call, and they like it toll-free. Well, we got a toll-free number, one 740 4740 Before we take a little break here, uh, you have a couple of emails to deal with, do you? Well, I had a couple of e- Well, let's hear. Let's see what I've got. I've got a couple things piled up on my desk here. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to get to the, to the email because the phones are ringing off the hook. But for today, let's talk a little bit about uh, Beverly, who gave us a call, or gave me, sent me an email. For, you know, she's in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So Beverly writes and says, I have a yellow plum tree that is approximately 12 years old. 
This past summer, it produced abundantly. Um, as of late summer or, you know, this past yeah. fall, she noticed a jelly-like substance coming from under the bark of the trunk, spaced at intervals along the trunk. So she says, what is this? Will it harm the tree? And can I do anything to stop it? So, Beverly, the answer to your question is, when you're seeing any kind of jelly-like substance coming off of a plum tree, <clears throat> it is a fungal disease. It is called black knot. So black like the color and knot like in our shoelaces, yeah. K-N-O-T. The jelly-like substance is the beginning of the um, spores being exuded from inside the tree because, unfortunately, that mm -hmm. fungus is now inside the tree. Uh, spores will spread from that jelly-like substance onto other cherry trees and plum trees. Uh, so cleaning off that jelly-like substance just even with a, a rag, a clean <clears throat> excuse me, rag is a good idea. Now, the only way to control this fungus is to remove the branches and stems where that uh, substance is coming from. Now, she sounds like Beverly saying it's coming along the trunk. Ooh, so the trunk being the main yeah. whole, you know, conduit of the entire tree, it will not be something that's easy to deal with. If it's only on branches or stems, with you can prune, yeah. and the winter is the right time to do the pruning, believe it or not. February, sharp pruners mm -hmm. out there, clean cuts, removing the branches and stems that show any of these lumpy, tumorous-type growths. Uh, of course, your removal point is a good 12 to 18 inches into the center of the tree, away from those lumps. If this is happening along the main stem, though, Beverly, I'm afraid to say you may, it would, might be best to have the tree removed or remove the tree. Uh, do not keep pieces of the tree on the property because the fungus will continue to spread from it. And so that's why cutting, like getting rid of it is better. You can slow down the spread of the disease by eliminating the tree from your property. Absolutely. Great advice from yeah, Charlie Dubb and the old that. master gardener, but maybe sad news. Yeah, uh, maybe. Well, it sounds like they've got some great plums. They've had a good, you know, some good harvests off that tree. Going to yeah. miss it. Right you are. 921 the time here at AM 740 uh, and the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, the only garden show in Toronto. Phone line in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And uh, anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in just a couple of moments. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. I'm your sous chef, Frank Proctor, and uh, delighted to be with you on this Saturday, the 4th of December. Have you done your Christmas shopping? Uh, oh, I won't ask that no, question. No, don't ask that question. <laughs> okay, out we go. We had a <laughs> Me call neither. Don't feel we bad. had a call from a lovely lady in uh, in London who kind of couldn't wait around to be on the air with us, but she did proffer up a question. I believe her name was Mary. Uh, yes, I think What that's was the correct. question about? The question was about cyclamen ah. and the care of cyclamen to keep them happy and thriving. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no question. They can be a little a little tough. This is the time of year when uh, we do start receiving flowering yeah. plants as gifts, as, you know, housewarming gifts, uh, hostess gifts, that sort of thing. Cyclamen is a classic for this time of year. Mm -hmm. Lovely plants. Um, the leaves are almost round, but they have lovely etchings on the leaves, silvers and shades of green. So lovely, lovely variegation on the leaves. Of course, the flowers almost look like little butterflies, the way they stand up and the petals droop down. Shades of pink. Pinks and oranges and reds and whites. Uh, so great plants. The trick to keeping them 
flowering and happy and healthy is to remember a couple of things. One is that that plant grows from a tuber underground. It's actually, I think, technically a corm, but it is a underground um, storage item, like a very large root. So when you're watering cyclamen, you never water, you never pour the water into the top of the pot because the water can collect in the center of the tuber and cause it to rot. So we always water cyclamen from the saucer below. Oh, okay. okay. So always have a saucer, always put your little bit of water in there, wait 10 minutes. Once the water has been absorbed as much as it's going to absorb in 10 minutes, dump out anything that's still in the saucer. So we never leave cyclamen sitting in water. Number two, probably the most, uh, also almost as important, but very important aspect to keeping cyclamen happy is cool temperatures. The flowers and the flowering and the health and the the all-around robustness of the plant will be much higher if you can keep it cool. Now, I'm talking cooler than our regular room temperatures. It really wants to be about 65, 66, 67, uh, whereas our room temperatures... Well, I keep mine in my ice bucket, you know. Do you? Because I was going to say, most of us keep our room room (laughs) temperatures more like 70, right? Yeah, that's Which which just causes the the cyclamen to to, uh, finish flowering very quickly, Mm. and you see all kinds of funny, strange, odd growth on them and not a lot more flowering. So what I try and do is have a cool spot in the house and you tuck this plant into a cool spot, preferably a light Mm -hmm. but cool spot when guests are coming over or when you want to sit down and enjoy, you know, a a dining room, um, uh, sort of bring it into the room as as something to ornament, as an ornament into the house. Bring that cyclamen in, enjoy it, and then get it back in its cool spot. So just go back and forth, and you can prolong the flowering for a number of weeks if you can keep it cool. What a weird little flower! Let, you know, well, like, it's just yeah. it's just us. We're we're into the, we're the dry weird. and warmth. This plant doesn't want it so dry. It doesn't want it so warm. Okay. <laughs> okay. We have another call coming in from Toronto, and it's Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Morning. Morning. I have a question regarding the bamboo plant. Mm-hmm. Like the Is lucky it- bamboo. Sorry? The one called Lucky Bamboo? Yes. Yeah. It, sometimes when I water it, I notice, I don't know if I'm watering it too much, and I don't know how often to water this plant. I find that the leaves are turning yellow at times. Now, would that be just the tips turning yellow or the entire leaf? The le- the, uh, sometimes the tips and sometimes the whole leaf. So now, I just remove them. Yes, exactly. And it would be the older or the leaves at the bottom uh, bottom of the, the stalks that would be the ones turning yellow, which are the older leaves. Right. Right. So that's perfectly normal. Okay. So never worry when older, more mature leaves turn yellow. It's just perfectly natural. You know, the, the leaves but get it's old. Still growing. I'm still getting new roots. Co- I'm still getting new leaves coming out of it. Of them. course. Uh, the tip, because the yeah. growing tip is at the top. Yeah. And so you should, if it's a happy plant, always see new growth and to have the older growth just finish and, and move on to, you know, the great composter in the sky is perfectly normal. Okay, another question. Can I cut this back and reroot it? Yes. How? Um, just, well, it, why is it really, really tall? It's getting there. Like totally almost top-heavy type tall? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Have you got it in a glass? Is it in a, some kind of a vase right now? It's in the stones that it came in. It was a tiny little pot. Mm-hmm. It was like a little vase or something or mm-hmm. other, and it was like a little, there's stones in it, mm-hmm. and that's all there is. And I keep on watering it when I remember. Mm-hmm. And it grows like a weed. And, you know, we talked about yeah. this plant last week because yes. it is such a great plant. Sun, shade, Doesn't matter. neglect, yeah. <laughs> anything. It does well. So here's what I would do. Um, when you're ready to do this, 
actually you're going to pull the whole thing apart. You're going to take the plant out of its current container. You're going to take the stones out. You're going to give put the stones into like a sieve or a colander. Give them a wash because there's probably a little bit of algae yeah, uh, growing sure. in there. Yeah. So just give the whole thing a nice thorough cleansing. So you've got your container clean, your stones clean. Then get the stones back into the container with some nice fresh water. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind your fresh water should be room temperature. Yeah. Preferably have sat out for 24 hours just to eliminate some of the chlorine. Okay. Now you take your existing lucky bamboo with this big long stem, a bunch of roots at the bottom and a bunch of leaves at the top, cut it to whatever point you want to cut it. It might even just right be in half. Mm-hmm. Take the top half, immerse that top half back into your vase with your freshly washed stones and your fresh water back in the position you had it in the, in the room mm-hmm. and more roots will grow. Believe okay. it or not, it's that easy. That sounds easy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I think <laughs> the main thing is yeah. several other points to it. It hasn't just got one in there, mm-hmm. like the yeah. one main one, but there are several others. I don't know whether there are several other plants in there or there's one and it's just growing like weed. No, I think you'll find there's actually several plants. I okay. think when you take it out, you're going to find you've got four or five stems in there, which okay. is, again, perfectly... And can I replant to... those as well with Absolutely. the other one after I cut it? Yeah, yeah. And just you know, just freshen the whole thing up. Just bring okay. it down and to a what, proper if height. If I want to replant something else into to it like if I want to get another container for it where what do I put into it just stones so so meaning you want to expand the display like I want to make another one uh, yes, though sometimes, you know, you don't even need stones. The reason they put the stones is partially for decorative reasons okay. and also because it helps keep the, the, the lucky bamboo stem perfectly straight because it's kind of lodged in amongst the stones. It makes it bottom heavy, right, as well. You don't right. want the whole thing to be top heavy. So, it, but it's a- not absolutely required. So any vase will do. Just, just put water in it? It's just, just water. Exactly. All it's right. That easy. Okay. Thank you for your help. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you, Sharon, for joining us here on the Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio. And let's zoom off to Norfolk County. Say hi to Amanda. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hi. Morning. Hi. Um, I have a lemon tree that I inherited, and I moved here last winter, and it got very confused coming in and outside. <laughs> and right now, it has, it looks like one full mature lemon on it, and about six small lemons and a couple new shoots and the old shoots are all shedding their leaves and (laughs) it's doing everything at once (laughs) you know what the i probably when you say you inherited it it was from somebody close by though it wasn't like you inherited it from somebody in florida or anything like that right hello hello amanda amanda do we lose her Oh, we might have. Okay, so here's here's the scoop on any of the tropical trees, because Amanda's absolutely right. You do not leave a plant like that outside. That uh, any of the t- orange trees and lemon trees are not frost hardy, so must be brought into our homes in the winter time. If they're provided with enough sunshine, they really need a bright spot. So that southern window, open curtains, is super important to keep these plants happy. Th- blooming and flowering will happen right around Christmas time. So it's perfectly normal. Now, you say you've got lemons on them. Those would have been from flowers from last winter. That yeah, It takes a while for the lemons to ripen up. Now, if you've got a nice, big, fat, juicy lemon on it, I'd consider you know, making a lemon pie or something, or <laughs> yeah. lemon pudding or something. I'd be having a parade. Wow. Yeah, I know. You'd I, feel... I actually didn't think that was possible if you grow lemons. Sure, you can. Yeah. And oranges, same thing. But it's it's really a light question. So Amanda clearly has a nice bright spot that yeah. this is happy plant. Now, the older stems, Amanda said, losing some leaves. Yeah. Okay, that happens just like our last caller. She was worried about some yellow leaves on her lucky bamboo. 
older leaves, more mature, very normal. It Light levels are lower. You know, it's mm-hmm. fall. Many of our indoor plants recognize that fall and winter is a time to slow down. They will often lose leaves as part of that. But that flowering kind of throws us off because, you know, they're starting to set some flowers now or in the next couple of months. So just keep an eye. Keep it well watered. We don't water as mm-hmm. necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do start to see a little bit of flower bud formation, Amanda, I would fertilize because that is the time when the plant is truly actively putting energy into flowers. Get a little bit of fertilizer, just an all-purpose, a miracle grow type fertilizer. Keep some fertilizer on the plant. Uh, as I said, water as necessary in a hot, hot, sunny spot in your house. It's going to need to be, you know, checked sure. every couple of days. Um, but certainly enjoy it. I mean, to, and don't worry. Give it a shake every now and then. Just hold the stem and shake it. Leaves will fall off. No big deal. Misting is good. Keeping that humidity up will make a difference as well. Keep it happy, healthy, and free of spider mite. Okay. Uh, one question. I'm going to zip it on you here. Wreaths that you see on uh, mm-hmm. the doors and so forth, so on. The little red berries, are they the poisonous ones that you shouldn't eat? Or, huh. you, know? you shouldn't eat. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're knocking on somebody's <laughs> yeah. door and you're Oh, I think I have a little nibble. As a, yeah, I'm standing here. Oh, an appetizer. Yeah. Okay. Holly. Well, okay. Just generally speaking, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Don't eat any red berries on wreaths. <laughs> it could be, could be holly berries. Yes, they are poisonous. Could be mistletoe, which are white berries, uh, but we don't eat those either. Either. Um, could be you. You have those funny little red berries with a, um, the center is empty. It's like a little hole in the middle. They're also poisonous, so stay away. They're, the, those berries are really just for the birds. They're oh, not for you. How come the birds don't get knocked off? They've got some special They've enzyme. They've got in there, yeah. special tummies for that sort of thing. I guess they, they would. don't have like we have. Okay. Oh, did you have another uh, email that you wanted to um, deal with there? I have a couple of email asking about roses. Yeah. So, you know, good timing because I mentioned earlier, let's get our hoses put away. I mm-hmm. think we're done. We've had enough rain. Our ground should be nice and thoroughly wet because that's the other probably most important take-home tip today is we always make sure our evergreens are very well watered as winter. Winter comes on. Dry soil dry, uh, as we go into winter is never good when we have no guaranteed snowfall. Mm-hmm. So assuming our soil is nice and moist, put those hoses away. If you're concerned that things aren't quite moist enough, get a bunch of water out today if you want to, but then put your hose away because it's just going to be too cold to leave it outside. Now, the roses... I still haven't gotten around to cutting down my roses or covering them, but we're almost getting to the right time. It's almost cold enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got to be really frost. I mean, deep frost, right? Deep frost, because we yeah. want the ground cold. Just because they've had air, you know, frost up mm-hmm. in the air, the soil takes a long time to cool off. So even now, if you walk on a on a soil or a lawn or anything, you're just starting to get a little bit of a crunchiness in the in the ground now, and that's just up on the surface. It's still nice and thawed below that. So the colder the ground, the better in this case. But there comes a point when it's just too cold and not no fun at all. Yeah. So in the next week or so, yes, let's get our roses cut down. Where do we cut them to? The rule of thumb is cut your roses to the height of your knees. Now, this isn't all the roses. This is not your shrub roses and not your climbing roses. Do not cut those down to your knees. But certainly your your hybrid teas, your floribundas, your grandifloras, your Austin roses, all of those, generally speaking, the height they go down to is the height of your knees. Then, if you really do this properly, you get down on your hands and knees and you pick all the leaves off because roses are very slow to drop their leaves. Before you hill your roses, the leaves should come off. If 
I don't, if they don't, I understand because that is not a fun job. It's yeah. cold and they're thorny and you just don't want to be down on your hands and knees picking off the leaves. But you, to bury the leaves is often to bury fungal spores. We don't want to do that because yeah. that just leads to more black spot and stuff next year. So sure, anytime, even, even potentially this weekend, but certainly by next weekend, I think we can be getting, like I say, cutting these roses right down knee height, hill, 8 to 10 inches mm. of fresh soil whether it's triple mix, peat moss, soil, no manure, no compost, just a nice, loose, fluffy soil on the ro- cr- over the crown of the roses will keep them from heaving out of the soil and keep them from growing and keep them from freezing. So it's just that tempering of extremes when we're in areas of no guaranteed snow cover. Okay. Anybody who's listening from Collingwood can ignore everything I'm saying because <laughs> they've already you, you got, got you know 18 inches of snow and they're pretty much guaranteed that yeah, snow all ski winter. Country, they're open some of the slopes today. I'm, I'm not yeah. surprised. They've had a lot of snow. Oh, but they, I mean it's great because they don't have to worry about any insulation on their plants. They're guaranteed snow. Yeah. We are down in the Toronto area and and in this general area, don't have that. So that's why we have to get out there and do that extra little bit of protection. So that's a, an important thing. And then there was one other quick question about roses. This is from Terry, Terry Smith, who uh, he wonders, he or she actually, wonders, uh, it's, says, I have some type of rose that's been growing in my backyard for the past five years. Up until this year, I've had lots of flowers throughout the summer. Last fall, I pruned it back. So this would be a year ago now. I pruned it back to within eight inches of the ground. It grew this past growing season, but I didn't have a single bloom. The long branches grew and covered the fence, but it had a lot of thorns. What did I do wrong, and when should I trim it for next year? Well, many of us have had this happen, Terry. So you'll, many people who are listening right now will remember exactly what's happened. One of the reasons we protect our roses, and I was just talking about mm-hmm. healing our roses, right. is because the, many of the roses we grow are grafted or budded onto a rootstock, which is a different kind of a rose. And that's because the rose we want to grow, like a, a famous one, would be the peace rose, for example. Mm-hmm. We love the peace rose, but the, the roots that it grows on are not vigorous or hardy enough to withstand our winters. So the peace rose is typically budded or grafted onto a different kind of a rose, which is much hardier, much more vigorous. If something happens that the graft dies and that piece part of the rose dies as a result, the rootstock, which is a rose, mm-hmm. will grow. And, and so what happens is that we get this like massive amount of growth, sometimes no flowers, or if we do get flowers, they're not the flowers we thought, right? They're not the piece flowers. They're these little tiny red single flowers or red and white flowers. And it's like, ooh, that's not what I planted. And so what's happened is, is that the, the rootstock is survived, but the graft has died. The chosen material has died. And what you've got growing there, Terry, is the rootstock. Oh, so that super yeah. thorny um, rootstock mm-hmm. it, uh, is not a multiflora rose. It's um, I probably should know what that is. It's probably a rose that was actually originally grown in the United States because they typically have very thorny rootstocks. More the Canadian roses tend to be a Rosa multiflora, which has very few thorns. Um, but again, not the flower that you yeah. would choose. Yeah. So Terry, if you saw a lot of thorns and a lot of really vigorous growth and no flowers, I would be digging that up and composting that plant and getting a new rose next spring. There you go. Work right. work just laid out for you, Terry. <laughs> so and don't even worry about protecting that one this winter. Right. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, uh, we have the phone lines there at four one six three six zero. 
740-0740 Toronto listeners. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free to reach the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, 1-866-740-4740. And as I was speaking, I saw Charlie doing her limbering up exercises. Of course. Yes. So, okay, so you know what else I, I mentioned? It's a little further to what I had mentioned, Sierra Sill. It does make a great Christmas gift. Uh-huh. Anybody on your list who is a little bit on the stiff side. <laughs> oh, several Christmas was, parties on the go. I would guarantee we could I find some folks. I was going to say, there's mm-hmm. always some kind of stiffness out there. So Sierra Sill will cure what ails you. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sierra Sill is an all-natural mineral complex that has been clinically proven to reduce inflammation in your joints. It's a favorite amongst people that have joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, chronic joint inflammation, injuries, even digestive disorders. So the trick with this is that the uh, cute little thing that Sierra Sill is doing today, Mm -hmm. anybody who wants to call after 10.30 here, our local time, and order up some Sierra Sill, the first seven callers will get uh, personalized Christmas gift tags. The first 14 sales uh, will provide a donation of the product proceeds that Sierra Sill will be making on behalf of the Ontario branch of the Canadian Cancer Society. Well, that's very nice. Which is very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Sierra Sill is located in out west, and as Michael Bentley said, you know, we, we support a lot of our kind of western um, uh, sort of charities and things that are going on. Is there something in Ontario where you'd like us to, to donate some money? And I suggested the Canadian Cancer Society because we at AM740 have done some work with them in the past and I have done some work with them. You and I yep. did a radio show uh, at Canada Blooms that the That's Canadian right, Cancer yeah. Society sponsored for us. So I thought that would be a good one for us to support with the proceeds of the first 14 sales after 10.30 this morning to this phone number. So get your pencil. One eight seven seven joint fourteen and get some Sierra Sil for someone you love. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And I'm your sous chef, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here. Ah, uh, uh, but you're the yeah. best. Oh, well, thank you. You're there right. aren't that many sous chefs around, you know. Not of the garden. No. no. Uh, <laughs> Susan in Hamilton. We've got a lot of uh, listeners in Hamilton, so here's mm-hmm. one of them on the air right now with us. Susan, good morning and welcome. Hello. Good morning, good morning yeah. Susan. Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, this must be something wrong with my phone, because I can hardly hear you. Um, I'm just curious if you'd, you probably have um, heard about these new plant and shrub covers called New View um, plant and shrub covers. They're available at Conan Nurseries in uh, Waterdown mm-hmm. and um, at uh, Walmart. And um, I just wondered what you thought about them. I, I had got them um, because I have uh, an, an area there where I have um, some nice trees that are shaped and worked long and hard at that and um, the snow just gets piled on them because of where they are they're right beside the driveway Mm -hmm. so I wondered if they would be uh, a good thing to protect the uh, the plants Um, anyway they they sound they sound fantastic Hmm. okay so um, tell me a little bit about tell me what they are because I don't we're not thinking about what they are off the top of my head they look like a little teepee oh yeah and 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 uh, and apparently the the I guess uh, they protect from 
um, sun. They look like a little teepee. They're, they're green and they're, okay, they're green. Um, I don't know what kind of fabric they are, but uh, the air is supposed to go through them. Perfect. The water is supposed to go through them. Perfect. They're brand new out this yep. year that I know of. I just thought, I wondered if you'd heard of them. Well, what I've used in the past, which was the exact same theory, little teepee, uh, the frame of the teepee was just a simple aluminum frame. And what went around as the teepee cover was burlap. The only limiting factor is because it's a pyramidal shape, what you're covering either needs to be pyramidal shaped or you need to make sure it's tall enough that you're not draping and putting a lot of pressure on the shrub that you're draping around. Right. So, for example, rhododendrons tend to be a very round plant. Right. Okay, big and round and wide. Mm -hmm. And when you're using these covers, one of the best ways for them to work best is that the, the, whether it's the green fabric or it's burlap or anything, you actually really don't want it touching the plant. Okay. 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 Um, If the reason we cover plants is big, heavy snow load can break branches. That's right. Yeah. So there's, it helps with the repelling of snow if it's not a naturally. Uh, repelling shaped plant. The other reason we cover plants is because of salt spray from the road. Mm -hmm. If you live near a busy street and the wind blows salt onto your garden. And number three would be because it's a super windy location and it's broad-leafed evergreens which tend to dry out or desiccate in the wind and then suffer in the winter and that that insulating cover will help just with some of the repelling of the wind. Right. So these are boxwood and they've been there for a few years. But it's just that the um, the snow load <coughs> can break the branches and, and so change the shape of them, ruin the shape of that's them. Right. That's right. Exactly. You know? So if these little um, teepee shape is tall enough right. so that you're going to clear the height of the plant, absolutely, right. they're a great idea. And have you got the box with like as a little hedge or are these individual plants? Um, they're individual plants and they're shaped. They're, uh, they're uh, either... Uh, uh, pyramidal, or they're you know they're they're shaped topiary, whichever. I, right. A couple of them I shaped myself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the other thing that um, sometimes these the like the the new view thing sounds good, but even more simple is for uh, one by one stakes right. pounded into the ground right. uh, uh, around the outside perimeter of each of the plants, and then burlap wrapped around the stakes so that right, you, which I've done. It just it's so ugly. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so ugly. It's those gnomes out in the yard that really do it, do you? Yeah. Either way. Um, do, you, do you use one layer or two layers of burlap? Um, if it's a really windy spot, I'd use two. But then I would throw leaves inside my little shelter that I've made. Right, which Be- I've done before, yeah. 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 And all that does, again, is just sort of break some of that wind. But if yeah. snow is really your issue, same thing. You're going to have that weight of the snow inside that little box that you've made that the pyramidal form might be better for, for actually uh, shedding the snow, which is what you really want to do. Okay. Okay, so no, it sounds like a, it would be a good thing for you to go with. Pardon me, sorry? It sounds like it would be a good it idea. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like it for the, for the, for the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with burlap, you're, you're not supposed to... Yeah, you're not supposed to touch the tree because I have a neighbor that that wraps her tree every year and it touches her tree and her tree comes out okay. But I did it years ago and I killed one of my trees. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it, it, there is, yeah, often people wrap them too tight. And what happens is, is that we get warm days and then cool nights and right. the, you get a little bit of thawing in under the burlap and you get some liquid water. Then it freezes and mm-hmm. you start getting, you, you get breakage of the plant because the, okay. the frozen water is on actually touching the plant. And okay. we can also trap cold 
pockets inside those little wrap gnomes. So that's why it's important to keep it quite loose and airy and allow temperatures to fluctuate as they do during the day and night. Hmm. Okay, so that's why a, a really tight wrap doesn't work sometimes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you uh, for the call, okay. Susan. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, Susan. Good luck with that. And uh, from joining us from Hamilton, too. Uh, I see you by the clock here. We're at 9.51. Have to take a little break, but we'll be back to talk to Karen in Brampton in just a couple of moments. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And a fond good morning from Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, as we say hello to Karen calling in from Brampton. Hi, Karen. Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Morning. Good morning. I um, got a uh, climbing hydrangea Mm -hmm. from a friend. Um, She just dug it. It's in a pot. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know if I could successfully winter this over in my garage. Uh, Is your garage insulated? Nope. Nope. I would suggest, is there any possibility that you could leave that plant in the pot and just have somewhere in your garden you have some bare spot and you could just dig that pot into the ground and just bury it pot and all into the garden for the winter? Mm. (laughs) That's what I was running away from. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly as it goes, you know, to 12 below zero outside. Yeah, yeah. But that's your, if you really want it to live and like guaranteed survival, that's your best way to do it. Oh, I see. In the garage... I find, like, I have an uninsulated garage as well, and I have had some extreme temperature fluctuations, and I have killed a few things in my garage trying to overwinter because you get we get a couple really cold nights, uh-huh. and all of a sudden that temperature drops to sort of 10 below in the garage, and things die. I see. In order to keep that climbing hydrangea alive in a pot, you really do not want it to go below about, you know, zero or minus two, minus three, Anything colder than that, and it's likely to die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so if you can bury the pot in the ground, you will be far better, far better chance of survival. Well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well plant it, right? <laughs> yeah, if you know where it's going, absolutely. Yeah, if you have a spot that you're saying to yourself, "Oh, it's going to be perfect here," right. uh, you know, there's a nice wall for it to climb on. And remember, it gets big. So climbing hydrangeas are lovely, but they do get to be big plants. So okay. uh, they take a couple of years to get going, but once they get going, they really take off. Yeah, yeah. And they don't need a lot of sun. Even if it's a half day of sun and a half day of shade, that works. Okie dokie. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Charlie. Oh, oh, no. More work to do. Get oh, on those long underwear and get outside. Yeah. <laughs> work in the cold. Yes. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks Karen. Karen. Bye-bye. And let's say hello to uh, Dave, who's calling in from Oakville this morning. Hi, Dave. Good morning. Morning. So uh, I, I guess I've only got a couple minutes. I've been trying to grow tomatoes the last few years, and... They've been getting shorter and shorter, and two years ago, I used some compost from the city. I put it in. The, sh- the tomatoes didn't grow at all. They just did not grow at all, and I came to the conclusion it was salt in the soil, so the next spring, that's this spring, mm-hmm. I got some big, big pots, put them in, wet and bought earth, put mm-hmm. it in. Tomatoes still didn't grow very well, grew a little bit. Curiously, in the original earth outside the pots, I planted marigolds. They were huge and spectacular. <laughs> Something is going on with the in tomatoes. my garden that I can't grow tomatoes. I don't know why. Any well, ideas? Okay, well, tell me, how many hours of sunlight are your tomatoes getting? They're getting full sunlight. 
They are. And so you so you got you did you tried the ground, you got lost <laughs> your confidence in that, went with big pots. Yeah, big like 20-gallon pots. Okay, and what kind of soil did you put into I those? went and bought bags of soil from uh, a, a local garden center that they were making in sort of their backyard, you know, mixing up. So it was like a garden-type soil yeah. that you put into the pots. Well, they I asked them, I said, you're not using compost from the city, are you? Maybe it's salt <laughs> in it. No, 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 we're not. Oh, you know what? I The compost from the city is so well-mixed, and it is such, it's from so many different households. I never worry about the compost from the city. It's usually pretty good. Something is, is I don't know what it is, and I thought maybe the soil is well, Do I have to put magnesium in the soil? No, it's the calcium you're thinking of. Um, a, a well-balanced fertilizer. Well, I've will, fertilized every so often, okay. and... Still didn't help. You know, like a, like a miracle Grow, which is a well-balanced, yeah. you know, good quality fertilizer. You look closely, you'll see zinc, you'll see magnesium, you'll yeah. see calcium. Those are the minerals that are the absolute, you know, required micronutrients. Yeah. I would suggest that probably what's happening with your tomatoes is if you're in full sun, that's good. But this, if the soil is very heavy, for example, potting, it, going into pots is fine with tomatoes. But I would have used, even in a big 20-gallon pot, I would have used half potting soil and half garden soil not pure garden soil because it's just too heavy there's so insufficient what, what air moss? what about peat moss uh, peat moss is okay but it's very very acidic so it's going to uh, if you're using a lot of compost and a lot of peat moss now your acidity is is too low your ph is too low i think what i'm going to do is take all the soil and spread it all over the lawn and replace it all yeah and remember as well don't hesitate to do a soil test how do you do that well um uh, you know what? I will start off the, the show next week with the website. But if you want to just in the meantime, Google soil testing in Ontario. It's on the OMAFRA, so the Ontario Ministry of Agriculture and Food and yeah. Rural Affairs website. Yeah. Buried in that website is uh, one of their links is to the accredited soil testing labs. So if it weren't for those of us in the Oakville or Toronto area, our closest accredited labs are at the University of Guelph. Oh, you got to mail it in, do you? That's right. Or you can take it yourself. Oh, and I, I see. I thought it was a kit or something. Um, or you can do the little kit thing. And every now and then, I remember Loblaws one year was doing kits. Uh, certainly, there's little kits at Canadian Tire, which are just simple pH testing, which is never a bad thing, just to even know what your pH is. Yeah. But to do a proper test, you really need to send a proper sample into a lab, and they'll give you the absolute uh, feedback on everything, right down to the mineral content. And that's important. You know, you tell them what you want to grow, and they'll tell you what you've got and what you need to add in order to grow what you want to grow well. Is there a charge for that? There is. It's about $30. Okay. Okay. Good idea. All right. So that, that would be the bottom line. Yep. Thank you very much, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. And Joining us from Oakville. And I will, like I say, I will start off the show next week okay. with that website because it is buried in that OMAFRA, a huge government website. Hey, as we uh, wave bye-bye, adieu for another Saturday. Let's say uh, a big thank <laughs> so you to long, David Gaskin, farewell. who's done a superb job once again behind the controls. Thank and you, And uh, Charlie, thank you. And thank you so much for your sous chef abilities. And uh, I wanted to yes. mention, you know, we want to thank Marilyn Weston for warming up the crowd for exactly. us. Exactly. Because she, she was did, taking a, a lot of credit. warm up for act. That. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> we'll see you folks next week. Stay warm. And see I'll you next see you week. in about an hour. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air.
and The Garden Show.